Welcome back, everyone, to the Six Figure Social Worker Podcast. It's your girl, LA. I am your Six Figure Social Worker, and I am excited that you have tuned in today on this episode with special guest Lynette Crow. We will be talking on the subject of racism, the pandemic, and being a social worker during these times. So stay tuned. Welcome back to the Six Figure Social Worker Podcast. This is where we teach you how to make a living while you're making a difference. On today's episode, I will be sharing with you a conversation that I will be having with Lynette Crow, who is a licensed social worker. And so we will be talking about systems, racism, working as a social worker in this climate, as well as covid and also sharing personal experiences as it relates to racism. So without further ado, Lynette Crow, welcome to the Six Figure Social Worker Podcast. Thank you for having me. This is good. I think we're going to have a good discussion. Awesome. Awesome. So Lynette, so you are a licensed social worker, correct? I am. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I got my license in 2011. And so I've been practicing with my license since then. I got my master's degree about two and a half, three years ago, and now I'm working toward independent licensure. Okay. And so, Lynette, since 2011, what has been your area of focus? So, since 2011, I've worked a lot with women, um, mostly like dealing with women's issues, um, how systems impact women individually, what they deal with. So, issues, uh, I mean, all the stuff that goes along with balancing family and and stress and work and and all all of that. So that's kind of where I've been. Okay. Well, with with that being said, I would like to jump to like with the COVID, right? Mm-hmm. What are you noticing with women in this season and so how they I, have been impacted by this COVID? Yeah. So I. So with women and COVID, I, I think it's it's been interesting to just kind of watch. I I feel like historically, I mean, women have been told, um, you know, and, and we're well able. That's the thing. Like, I, I think women are so dynamic. Like, we are well able to shoulder a lot. Uh, we work outside the home. We work within the home. We care for others. We carry the emotional weights in our family most of the time. We raise the children, we care for the sick. Um, we also pay the bills and organize the home, right? So, and, and we've been able to do that. And yes, it's stressful and, and yes, you know, but we found ways to balance. And then COVID hit, right? And at first it's like, I watched a lot of the women that, that I interact with and work with they were like, that's fine. That's fine. I got this. I got this. Like, I, I might even learn another language during COVID. Like, it's going to be amazing. And now these are the same women who aren't showering or they're um, finding that they're actually having to drop out of the workforce completely because they're now homeschooling two or three children. Um, so I, I think what's, what is coming to many women's awareness is that there was there was never really like an equality you know mm-hmm. there was never yeah. you know we were always if you use the word we were always allowed to work outside the mm-hmm. home we were always allowed to bring in money and help support our families 
But when it really came down, like push came to shove during COVID, um, our careers were kind of the ones that had to take a back seat. Or we were the ones figuring out how to school the children work from home while making sure the kids weren't too loud so that his Zoom call wasn't, you know, or making sure, you know, it, it's like all of those pressures that we kind of felt mm-hmm. were, are now more felt, I think. And okay. I, yeah, I that's what I'm noticing. Okay. And so what have... Um, been some of the, I guess, the advice or um, recommendations you share with yeah. those in your service? Um, it's hard. I mean, that's the hard part, right? Because like pre-COVID, we could sit down and be like, well, let's try to figure out, like, let's let's try this or let's try that. But like options have become a little bit more limited, I think. Yeah. Like, what do mm-hmm. you do when you do have children in your home? And it's not, you know, the discussion is not, well, why don't you make time for yourself during the day while they're at school to do X, Y, and Z? It's like they're never at school or they're only, you know? So what I'm telling people is like putting first things first, right? Like not everything carries equal value and equal importance. You're only Mm -hmm. going to be able to do as well as you can do. And it's going to have to be enough. Um, We are all in a state of crisis right now. We are all in a state of crisis. So to hold yourself, like, you know, social workers, since this is a social worker podcast, right? Like Mm -hmm. you always look at Maslow's, right? So we have to have safety. We have to have security. We have to know that everything's going to be okay before we can start moving up that triangle into, I don't know, learning a new language or uh, building our more, more self actualization and, some of that kind of stuff is going to fall to the wayside right now. And it's going to be, did you eat? Is everybody showered? You know, Um, did the kids do well enough? Did they do well enough? Is it okay for them to repeat this grade? I I don't know. It's a, it's an, it's a personal answer for everyone. You know, at some point it's just saying that there is a victory in Mm -hmm. being okay right now, not being excellent, not, Mm -hmm. you know, being on point all the time, but there is victory in just holding the line, just hold the line right now, you know? Right, right. And so when you say um, a a state, all of us are in this um, state of crisis, right? Mm -hmm. And so for the black community, not only were we hit, you know, really hard in 2020 with, um, the COVID, mm-hmm. it just seems like, you know, we were even hit harder, right? With the racial, um, the racial issue, right? With the injustice and, um, losing our black and brown children. And I know, don't get me wrong. I know that this, this definitely didn't just start in 2020, but when you said this, the crisis, like we're all in this state of crises, Right. It just took me back to the state, you know, of Black America. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious as it relates to, you know, your take on that. How have you maneuvered that as a white woman Mm -hmm. in the social work field and working with a diverse group of individuals? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you what, like that's it. I mean, it's huge, right? Like it's a huge conversation. And so 
from a from a social work point of view and like a social like you know like so we're social workers and we're listening to this and i think like going through the education that we go through um as social workers is any of what we're seeing as far as um like in the black community is any of that shocking is any of that new um i would say if we're licensed social workers who have been educated and we are aware um it should not be new right like this should not be a new discussion um i think the problem or the the thing that we're seeing now more um and and i i guess i would say like thank god for it that such a bright spotlight has been put on this issue that you can no longer it can no longer be ignored by the white community because the black community like you said i mean has been living this every day for hundreds of years right and so this is nothing this is nothing new this is something that within i believe within the black community has been being dealt with personally and systematically within the white community not so much um right it's more dealt with through just knowing or education mm-hmm. or just mm-hmm. simply being aware but um does it affect have, go ahead mm-hmm. yeah have you um like from a st- social work standpoint mm-hmm. like you said yeah. um it shouldn't be anything new right Thanks. and so have you ran into um individuals or groups of individuals who found it shocking mm-hmm. to see George Floyd being um brutally murdered yeah. you know um so America can see right mm-hmm. so the world can see so how have you noticed that impacting you know white america yeah so like again like from the social work standpoint this is what i'm running into with people so like with clients and with different groups i sit in different meetings that i've sat in as a social worker not just as a like a, a person um mm-hmm. i've noticed because my focus tends to be on women um i've noticed many many white women are shocked um they are now and and we can you know we'll get there i guess but they are shocked um you will most what i've been hearing is i had no idea i didn't know i didn't know and i'm shocked um and then so that, wait go ahead. when they say yeah. i'm sorry when they say they didn't have no idea mm-hmm. they didn't have no idea what yeah that's a great right so this is what they're talking about they didn't know this is what i pick up from them so from like let's i'm going to back up into the social work perspective right so okay they were not aware that there was still a system of racism operating they thought we were quote past that you'll hear that a lot right we're past mm-hmm. that we don't have that anymore and so they they weren't aware that the system was still alive and well and thriving just the way it was designed to thrive. And so what they had done was they bought into a narrative that the system puts out that says that when things like when when black people are murdered, when they're treated unjustly, right? When they are treated unfairly, when when all of this that's in this bright spotlight right now they were convinced by the systemic narrative that it it was an individual thing right that if that person had just 
obeyed the law, if they had just not done X, Y, or Z, whatever that is, that they would have been okay because of course, racism doesn't exist anymore. So it was all falling to, for their awareness, falling to individual responsibility, right? And so then when I hear women saying like, when I hear white women saying, we didn't know what they didn't know was that there was still a system that was alive and, and thriving, doing again exactly what it was designed to do. And that it didn't, that they had bought a lie. They had bought into a lie. Because then we started seeing, right? We started seeing brutality because people were simply driving with their family or walking home or, right? Like they were just living. They were just living. Just like we all live, they were living too. Yet and still, this, this, this violence happened, these murders happened. And so when the white women were saying, I didn't know, it's not that they didn't know these things happened. They didn't know that it was a system. Does that make, okay. I don't know if I'm explaining that right. No, no, you did. Okay. You did. Um, I, under, I understand that as it relates to um, the system. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you're talking um, specifically to um, the circles that you've been in. Mm-hmm. And I know you can't say like all white Mm-mm. women, right? No. But just simply um, the circles that you've been in and um, what you have been um, privy to. Yeah. And so, go ahead. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, no, you're okay. Go ahead. So the way that I've been engaging with people, like I know there are, there are, there are a lot of, of white women who have been engaged in this. They know it's a system issue. They've been fighting, they've been allying, they've been, you know what I mean? They've been doing the work mm-hmm. alongside mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. people I tend to engage with, like as a social worker are people who are saying, why am I like they're having a problem right like I'm feeling guilty Mm -hmm. I'm feeling ashamed I'm feeling uh shocked I'm feeling hurt I'm feeling grieved right and so that's where Mm -hmm. I'm engaging with them so I tend from a from a social work level like working with individuals it's not so much working with the people who knew and who were engaged because they knew and they were engaged you know exactly yeah Okay. And so do they have safe places, right? Do they all, do they talk about a safe place where they can actually share the impact this um, social unrest is having on them? You know? Yeah. I mean, I think it's important that, that they do have safe spaces to share because, um, and I don't think there are enough of them, if I'm honest. I, I feel like um, this is kind of a new, if... I feel like it's kind of like a birthing a little bit, right? Because the people who knew, they already are part of groups. They already have spaces. They are like, they found their support community, right? And then Mm -hmm. the people who were completely unaware, and you'll hear me like use the word ignorant, but I use it in the most specific way. Like ignorance simply means unknowing in the dark. Like you didn't know. Correct. Absolutely. So the people who were more ignorant were kind of left like maybe they won't ever wake up. Maybe they won't ever become more informed. 
and we don't have time to struggle with them because we have bigger things right now. You know, we're trying to end mm -hmm. the system. And so now mm -hmm. we have all these, I feel like we have white women specifically waking up and it's hard for them to find a place to just process. Um, and I don't think, mm. yeah, I, yeah. So that. And so one of the things I try to do is create, you know, a, a safe place, mm -hmm. right. For individuals to be able to share their experience. Mm -hmm. Right. Because even as a um, adjunct professor and teaching social work classes, one of the things that I encountered was individuals having some sort of guilt, mm -hmm. right, for being who they are. And I try to help them, you know, um, overcome that part, mm -hmm. right? Because you shouldn't feel guilty for being who you are, whether, whether black, white, you know, um, Hispanic, mm -hmm. you know, Native American, whatever. You shouldn't feel guilty, right? But um, I noticed that. And so when I feel guilt or shame, I tend to um, turn the other cheek mm -hmm. because or turn the other way. Right. Or turn a blind eye because um, I don't want to feel as if I'm a part of that particular problem. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what to do in order to um, help solve it. I mean, and so I yeah. think it's very important for us to create that safe place. Like I've had women who say, white women who say, um, well, do I say black or African-American? Right. And for me, and I can't speak for all blacks, but for me, when you say black is more of relational for me. And when you say African-American is, is to me, it's more distant. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's why a lot of times you'll hear me say black woman or white woman instead of Caucasian. Mm. And I can't say that that's true for, again, all blacks. But for me, when I'm doing trainings or I'm communicating with individuals of um, a non-minority group mm. and they ask that question, I mean, having even feeling safe to ask that question. Should we say black or African-American? That is very important. And I think a lot of people, like you said, are ignorant to a lot of things. And so when they look at this, it's like, wait, hold on. Is this me? Mm -hmm. You know, am I a part of this? Yeah. Yeah. That, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I sat in, I, I learned some, so I sat in uh, a conference call uh, with the National Association of Black Social Workers, and they were having these discussions too. And I, I just thought it was in, like so many people joined. It was uh, between the NASW and the NA, the National Association of Black Social Workers, and they're having this big discussion. And I picked up two things that I really liked. And the first one was creating brave spaces for people, right? Mm -hmm. We're not always going to feel safe having these discussions because they hurt for different reasons, but they hurt, right? Mm -hmm. Like the system mm -hmm. of racism hurts everyone differently, definitely differently, but it dehumanizes everyone, yeah? And so mm -hmm. we have to have a, a brave space where we, we're gonna say stuff and we're gonna talk about things and you're not gonna feel very safe, but we're gonna get through it. We're gonna get through this stuff. Um, and I think right. the other thing is like when we create these spaces, we go in with, an, with a, a stance that everybody's trying the best they can in that moment. If they knew better, they'd do better, right? Mm -hmm. And so nobody mm -hmm. is purposely saying something that's harmful or hurtful. Now, people can prove you otherwise, yes? I mean, 
they can right. say something, they can be corrected, they can continue to say it, and then they're kind of proving that it's not a no better, do better. It's uh, it's something else. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that's the only way we can advance in helping, like with as social workers, helping people have these discussions and facilitating them. We're all going to try our best. You know, we we're gonna we're gonna correct. Like for me as a, as a white person in that space, I'm probably going to be corrected. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful that somebody took the time to correct me because it's nobody's job to correct me, right? They're doing right. it out of kindness right. and care. They're not doing it because they owe me that. Um, right. So I think that's kind of where we start. And and where where mm. do you ask those questions? I mean, mm-hmm. um, yeah. 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 And so even now, as I um, wrap up my um, fourth book entitled Justice Wears a Dress, right? And so it talks about the power of a woman's voice, not a black woman's voice or a white woman's voice, but the power of a woman's voice. And I believe that, as you said earlier, that if um, white women ally with um, black women and Hispanic women, you know, Asian women, right? And we come and stand with one voice, we will see uh, the change that we seek in the world. You know, because I think about um, some of the men that are in position and the women that stands alongside of them or that cooks for them, right? Or that sleeps with Mm -hmm. them. Like what, what type of voice do they have in the home? And the impact that a woman's voice has in the home will be demonstrated when the man is outside of the home, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. Um, and just really trying to bring that um, awareness so we can all stand together in unity and solidarity, yeah. right? To bring about the change in, in America and to um, minimize the divide, right? And to stand for something and stop falling for anything. Because yeah. now when a mother's son is being murdered, in broad daylight, right? Or a mother's daughter is being killed in her own home, right? It's it's no time for ignorance, right? It's no time to say, I didn't know. This is the time to wake up, right? Because the person who has lost a loved one is not going to have um, any sympathy Mm -hmm. for you saying, okay, I just didn't know. Well, when will you wake up, right? Because yeah. some people would say, okay, you didn't know because you turn um, your 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 ear the other way or you turn your face the other way and you was just so concerned with um, or only focused, you know, with your community amongst mm-hmm. your people, mm-hmm. right? And so now in order for us to really, again, see the change that we see, we need to stand together as women. Okay. You know, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, you know, Americans standing together in unity with one voice, mm-hmm. right? That we will not tolerate, you know, justice, injustice for anyone. Right. Right. And we will not entertain um, any messages on divide and that we will stand for care, character yeah. over chaos. Yeah. That's, and I, I, I love mm-hmm. your point, like about, like, here's the thing, like women, I think that we hold a special you know, maybe not special. Um, we hold a very powerful, like we hold powerful gifts as women. Like, and when you talk about like, regardless of color, regardless of women are influencers 
we we know like we nurture we are healers i believe we are natural healers we have that and like just even going off social work a little bit but like even biblically like wisdom is regarded as in the feminine in the bible do you know i mean so mm-hmm. women have these gifts and i i feel like it is something that we can unify over it it's something that mm-hmm. you know and even even if i don't have children right even if i don't have children so i don't know a mother's grief when she loses her son what i do know is that sensitivity and that grief because i've lost somebody right like mm-hmm. so i think those things can be unifying and and they should be um yeah i i think it's that's an amazing that's amazing mm-hmm. yeah 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 well Annette, i just want to thank you for being brave right mm-hmm. to come on to the podcast and just share your experience as a social worker yeah. as well as a um white woman in the community that we're um living in and i really do appreciate you know um your impact and how you are standing in solidarity with um you know black yeah. lives yeah. right and and really fighting for um justice and so i definitely believe this is a conversation that we must continue to have yeah. and we encourage your listeners um to leave comments you know and create brave spaces for um individuals in your community to be able to have the discussion you know because again um ignorance is bliss mm-hmm. right and it's one of those things where it's like okay do you want to remain ignorant or do you want to know that yeah and most no. go ahead go ahead and go ahead right that right there is the point like we are in such a you don't have to remain ignorant you don't have to the system that has sought to keep to keep all of us in this divided state right like this is my experience this is your experience we don't understand each other we now have tools we have social workers out there we have i mean you have the internet where you you don't have to remain in that space and then if there's shame and guilt like as a as a white person if there's shame and guilt you can work through that and you can write you know you can go right through that into figuring out what's the best way to ally and to dismantle this entire system that has been so hurtful you know so yeah no exactly yeah absolutely absolutely this is good i love this this discussion and i am looking forward to many more of um these discussions and as social workers you know um the core mm-hmm. values you know and really understanding how you know we will continue to be a voice to the voiceless right we will continue to stand up for those um who have been pushed aside right who are not being heard and we will stand for yeah. justice and um really stand to for the betterment of of people right not black people not white people but for the betterment of people and in order to do that you have to have a love and a compassion for for yeah. people right and not allowing our differences to separate us but actually embracing the difference and so again i just want to thank you and i'm looking forward to more of these type of conversations and i just want to encourage my listeners to continue this discussion leave us comments um let us know what you thought about the topic let us know if you are having any challenges reach out we are here 
And again, Lynette, thank you for sharing with our audience. Thank you for giving me space. It's been like, it's, yeah. Thank you so much for that. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. Wow. Thank you for tuning in. I really enjoyed this session with Lynette how brave she was to come on and share her experiences being a social worker in these times of COVID and racial unrest. And so I pray that you will feel free, brave, comfortable with leaving your comments, your messages. Reach out if this is a topic that you would like to engage in. I look forward to hearing from you and stay tuned to the next episode. Talk to you later.